Greetings. Welcome to the Awesome Kitchen podcast. All right. So you had someone write you, uh, you asked people to submit their questions for your podcast and you had somebody ask you, is yoga even relevant right now? Which is pretty dark statement, (laughs) you know, on a yoga teacher's Instagram. Um, But I get it because it's pretty dark right now. And I think that we're all having, at least I am having moments of sheer panic. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, certainly for me, practice is, is helping me a lot. But I am, I mean, it does, it looks very dark. You know, and something like yoga is just, as this this one woman commented, uh, just seems very privileged right now. Like privileged people are doing yoga. Uh, so, do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> um, well, the idea of it definitely rankles with me, gets me a little riled up because, because for one thing, I I think that. Part of the panic or the feeling of, oh my God, the world is falling. It's partly like a kind of group think mass hysteria kind of thing. And, um, and so I think everybody needs to think for themselves. Like, and that means you need to like get ground inside your body and think, think for yourself and, and not be pulled into panic by kind of waves of collective thoughts and um, emotions. And, and so partly, it's, the question is not, is yoga relevant? Or it, it's, it, it's much more individual. Is, is yoga relevant for me right now? And so con- considering your complex list of variables in your life, and then the fact that some things have become more complicated because of the quarantining and the loss of work and the different things like children at home and all these shifts, right? So that, that now, so where does yoga fit for you now? And, and so my recommendation is, if at all possible, decide that it does. And then where and how, how much and where does it fit within the new set of circumstances? And I can help you to come to, to explore that question of where does yoga fit for me or how can I fit yoga in by um, my three reasons to do yoga. Okay, so the first reason is very simple for physical health. Okay, and so that completely applies to this virus um, because so it's a respiratory um, ailment and a, a heavy duty one. And so you need both a strong immune system and a strong breathing apparatus, right? And yoga, doing your yoga boosts both of those. Okay, so it's just, if you want to increase your chances of staying healthy and either avoiding getting the virus or minimizing the effects when you get it, you'll practice. It keeps your physical body strong. And if you really emphasize the breathing in your practice, you can strengthen your diaphragm and all the auxiliary muscles that um, je- that drive respiration. You can strengthen your lungs, your lung capacity. Right? These are all 
super relevant and key things to staying healthy. And when you breathe well and you move your body, then you would boost your immune system. Okay, so it's always smart to do yoga for your physical health, but it becomes even more important now. Okay, so just remember that and, and get on your mat however much you can. And, and five minutes per day is better than none. Okay, so whatever your, your circumstances, whatever your routine, however full it is, fit in a little bit of yoga for your physical health. Okay, number two is, is what I say that you, yoga gives you more power to change your mind from an adversary to an ally. Okay, and so the mind, it it's, can be like, there's one uh, book, it's called Mind as Healer, Mind as Slayer. And when uh, things come up like now, where there's so much fear and so much disruption, the, the vrittis, the turnings of the mind kind of go crazy. We, we get fears and worries and fantasies and nightmares and, oh, just mind goes wild. And, and we, then you can also fall into lethargy and um, d despair and depression and kind of um, become frozen and un unable to act. Okay, and so to me, there's a certain, um, it's justified our anxiety and our fear and, and even feeling frozen right now and feeling um, sad and angry and challenged. Uh, all of these things, they're valid and we want to feel them. And, and so part of it is you just have to stop and slow down and let these, let these emotions exist because, because it's a scary moment and, and there's things happening. Okay, but to me, there's like a, there's a limit to that. There's some kind of like, there's a, there's a point where being with those kind of emotions and experience is positive and necessary and healthy for your psyche. But it goes over into like extreme or, or obsession if you do too much of it. If you just like are constantly worried and constantly af afraid and constantly frozen. And, and to me, that's where you want to try to draw the line to the best of your ability and, and that's where yoga can help you okay so because it's not just a physical practice that you're you're focusing your mind on the small tasks like uh, extending your legs and arms uh, working with integrating your pelvis and spinal position breathing down to the end of the spinal column and breathing up the axis so these things that pull you into the present moment there's, it's kind of three tiers of thoughts. One is vritti, one is pravritti, and another is nirvritti. And so vritti is the random thoughts, just when they just come and go willy-nilly without discipline, and it's like your mind is controlling you. And, and pravritti is higher thought. And it, so it's exactly what you do when you do yoga. So you think about your breath. You think about the alignment of your skeleton. You think about moving prana inside your body instead of worrying, instead of uh, projecting into the future or doing all these things. So you literally substitute thoughts. You eliminate all kinds of thoughts by inserting other thoughts. Okay, and then the third is the 
when you're thought free, and, and that's also what happens when you do yoga, is that you, you get so riveted into the present moment that thought vanishes. So what, here's what we're saying then, that a certain degree of worry and anxiety and things is, is healthy. And, but too much, the mind starts turning into an adversary, starts attacking you and making you ineffective in uh, your actions and how you're operating in your day. Okay, and so that's when you're coming in with the yoga and doing and, and getting working with pravritti instead of worrying these higher thoughts. So, like when COVID nineteen comes, like a lightning bolt through your mind. Yeah, it's like. Get to work and yeah, get to work. Just uh, focus your mind and realize that is th like is this really helping me at this moment? Is this really leading me forward and uh, causing me to function better and behave better in my situations that I'm involved in throughout the day? And hopefully, your yoga practice gives you enough control that you can do that. You can have some amount of choice and you're able to shut out anxieties and fears for periods of time and, and get on with the things that you need to do. See, and the other thing is, is that you're trying to position your physical body, your mind and your spirit in the best position to deal with the circumstances that come up, whatever they are. And, and so and we can't control all the circumstances which this, a thing like this makes it clear that there's greater forces coming through and controlling um, our lives to a certain degree. And so we have to be ready to adapt and respond. And, and we want to be effective. We want to be strong in our bodies and strong in our minds to be able to respond well to the changing circumstances. So partly is you're, you're responsible for responding well today and let tomorrow's set of circumstances come tomorrow and then be ready to respond to those set of circumstances. Okay, so then the third reason to do yoga is, um, is what I call dharma. Is to, so dharma is your mission, your duty. And you, you, have, you have a whole list of duties to do in your life, like responsibilities as an adult. A good disciplined yoga practice where that strengthens your physical body and disciplines your mind is going to help you do all the duties that you have to do. Okay, And this, this amazing statement from the Bhagavad Gita says, know your duty and then do it without hesitation. Okay, And so I would say that it's duty, but it's also duties. So know your duties and then do them without hesitation. And And... That's three, three different things that yoga helps you do. One is it helps you know your duties. No, and number two, it helps you do them. Number three, it helps you do them without hesitation. Okay, and so, so partly knowing your duties is, that's up to you. you. You've got to kind of take stock and assess, like, what are my responsibilities today and right now? And what are, what are my ongoing responsibilities? And then proceed to do them without doubt or hesitation. But also that statement from the Bhagavad Gita, it, it says, know your duty, which points to that there's a kind of deep or sacred duty like that's, that's between you and the universe. Okay, so this it's kind of the original seeing that yoga speaks of, 
that happens when all the thoughts stop. And so partly yoga is then a daily vision quest where you withdraw, go into your own body, empty your mind and kind of receive a vision or receive knowledge about doing your duty. And so the vision quest is partly uh, to keep rediscovering your vision. Okay, so it's like a daily um, coming back and reorienting and because so, so, you discover your sacred duty day by day, right? That And it, it kind of unfolds over months and years and you keep tracking it by doing your practice and honing it in and then also um, strengthening your body and your mind and your intention, your, your directing your intention, directing your desires towards what is most important to you. Okay, and so this last one, it could seem like at this time, like it's rest, less relevant because of how panicky things are and how um, acute people's needs are and what's happening. So it's times like these that tend to strip away all the superficial. Okay, and, and so, so you can actually become more clear about what really is important to you. Like what really, really matters uh, to you and how you can take what matters to you and be part of sharing in the world. Yeah, and you had one woman ask you, does your dharma necessarily, whatever your dharma is, does it necessarily mean that you have to share it? Like, is that a part of dharma? <laughs> um, I think that at first it doesn't have to be. At first, it's a very, it can be a very personal um, kind of individuation. That's what I call it. It's, it's your own um, perspective on the world. So your first duty is to come to that for yourself, whether you share it with anybody else or not. You mean to find it? To find it and to, uh, and, but see, and this is the thing, though. It's not a, I found it or I didn't find it. It's like this constant um, discovery of this thing. And, and so partly it's to be on the scent of it. It's to be like wondering about what is my greatest wish for, for my life? Like if I could do everything I wanted or, or what is the, the deepest thing? Like if I look back after my hundred years, what would I have wanted to accomplished or um, or represented or thought about or valued or spent my time doing and then trying to figure out how to put that vision into the center of your life okay and so this is why you do yoga and and it's also why you keep doing yoga even in a crisis because because it's partly based on consistency and and you're learning to trust yourself through this relationship that you're building with yourself through yoga. And so the only thing that should derail your yoga practice is you making a choice to not do it because you've prioritized something else that is more important to you. Okay, that's the only thing. And, and a, a time like this, can it can happen. That like all of a sudden your children are home much more so you have more responsibility to them so you have to 
put energy and time into them and that might mean less time for your yoga for a period of time. But, but that's your choice of prioritization. Okay, and so there you have it. You've got three reasons to do yoga no matter what. Your physical health, to turn your mind from an adversary to an ally and to get in touch with your dharma and then keep rediscovering it and actualizing it in this world. Yeah, and I think one thing, I just have one thought on that, that it wasn't until my first film shoot where I had to take, I, I took, I don't know, 30 days off of practice because my priority was to shoot my film. Yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing how I didn't feel bad about it. Yeah. That it was the right choice to do it. Yeah. Because I feel as if there's so much guilt, that can, especially in Ashtanga, if you don't do your daily practice. Right. And it's not as if you're saying goodbye to it forever. It's <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and, the, and, and it's interesting because the whole idea of guilt, it works both ways. Because like, so in this crisis, you can feel guilty be, for not doing your practice, right? Because other things have now come and pressed upon you. But obviously what we're saying that that's a good thing that you're reprioritizing and doing less yoga for a period of time, if that's what's called for. And let that happen. But steal moments of yoga wherever you can. And, um, but then the other thing can happen is where you actually feel guilty because you are doing yoga. And like as though that's like somehow you should be running out and serving people or doing something different, right? That it's selfish to do your yoga. And, and I would just say that, that that's an individual choice. You see, and, and this is the thing is that guilt, it, it, it's just like the other emotions that for, to, to a certain degree, a little bit of guilt is positive. It, it like, it's like your conscience talking to you. It's saying, well, what about this? And, they, but, and you can uh, entertain that. But too much guilt, or it, then it becomes something negative. So I encourage you to set your priorities for yourself. Okay? Don't let somebody else tell you that you should or should not do yoga in either direction. Decide for yourself based on doing your duties. It's, it's tricky, but it's also very negotiable. You can do it. Uh, so thank you for all your responses. We turned our responses to our stories on Instagram and then many of you wrote and I, I will keep your questions and thoughts uh, on my list for future podcasts. But really, I hope this can, can help you. And um, in my small way, I, I sincerely want to be there for you to the best of my ability from my little quarantine Shiva cave in Fishtown, Philadelphia, where Joy and I are holed up and doing, trying to put these very words into play and, and struggling with the exact same things that all of you are struggling with. And for the most part, we're doing okay. Like we have our moments of despair, but we also get busy and, and just keep going because that's the way that we both feel we can be the most effective uh, in this and be positive force out there in the world right now. So thank you for joining me for the installment of the Asana Kitchen podcast.